0: is the Todd and Friends podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, no, no, come on. I'm with you. So, uh-huh. Thank you. Yeah, I'm with yes, you. Todd, I knew we'd agree <laughs> on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio, with thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us to the podcast once again today. Mike Grimm is uh, joining us. And, you know, Grimm, are lots of stuff going on for spring sports athletes and so forth. We'll talk a little softball and baseball, but I want to ask you about your uh, recent Go Gophers podcast with the new Gopher women's basketball coach Don Plitzewite, uh, and uh, you know, really a positive person. She's built programs uh, in other places. That's kind of the task in front of her with the Gopher women's team, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, no question. Yeah, thanks for asking. I think um, I, I, you know, I only was familiar with her in the sense of her opening an introductory news conference, and mm-hmm. she was very good in that. Um, and then, in essence, from that point on, she basically then went into working. And so I didn't get a chance, really, to talk to her until we recorded that podcast. We taped that podcast. It's this week's podcast, but we taped it last Thursday. Mm-hmm. And so we were in studio for a while. I, I And... I, <laughs> I'll tell you, we went, I think, about 50 minutes and probably could have gone three hours. She Great. likes to talk. <laughs> um, she reminds me a little of P.J. Fleck in that sense in that she's very energetic. She's got a process. Um, and, and, and quite frankly, the process, as she described it in the uh, in the podcast, is a lot light. Now, there's it's different language in terms of how they describe it. But in essence, they're describing the same stuff. They, she talked about um, you know, how, how valuable uh, taking care of the basketball is um, and how they go about certain drills with the sole purpose of making sure that the players uh, are walking that fine line of playing aggressive and fast while also taking care of the ball. Mm. And, of course, P.J.'s big thing is the ball is the program. And then she talked about how when she was first in college, her plan was to be a kindergarten teacher. And PJ always talks about he was going to be a social studies sixth grade teacher. And um, so there's a lot of stuff that um, that that reminded me of um, even in PJ's thing with failing, uh, failing is growth. Uh, You know, it basically it's a euphemism for saying, you know, uh, we're going to work hard to get better, learn from our mistakes, all that stuff. And um, she also had some some catchphrases, but I, I was impressed. There's no question, much like P J that that um there's a plan in place. There is a playbook so to speak and how she wants to set the tone and it sounds like she's relatively pleased with the, with how the players um have taken to the system, how the players have been willing to take coaching and be um you know, uh, she she has been demanding of them in these. And now, they get more off-season workout time now than they used to way back in the day. You'd only get like two hours a week with coaches, and now it's much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, they're currently in a little bit of a break. They They come back for summer school in June. So this is for football and basketball both. This is a time where there's no summer school. There's no real school in terms of the semesters now over. So this is the one time of the year that um, they really get a chance to, some of them probably go home, some of them rest and recuperate. But uh, yeah, I, I was impressed. I came away um, really thinking that this go for basketball program is in darn good hands with the Darn Blitz away.
0: You know, uh, so how has the roster fluctuations been? I mean, uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders takes over in Colorado, and it's a mass <laughs> exodus. Everybody's yeah. transferring out from up there. How's the rosters uh, been since uh, Coach Plitza White was announced?
1: So she has done a nice job, and and I'll say this as well, Lindsey Whalen, of course, who um, you know who who ended up leaving the position. Yeah. Um, did a nice job of of helping with that, quite honestly, because I think the players were were not exactly thrilled. They went to play for Lindsey Whalen, right, and so they weren't exactly thrilled when that decision was made, um, and and so. She tried to soothe things and say, hey, look, you came to Minnesota to be golfers, not to play for Lindsey Whalen. Mm-hmm. Let's wait and see here before you just uh, willy-nilly enter the portal. So I think uh, we should tip our cap to Lindsey a little bit in the sense that those four freshmen especially, that was part of a top-ten recruiting class, mm-hmm. and they certainly showed flashes as freshmen, but as um, as they found out, um, one, it's probably the best year in the history of Big Ten women's basketball last year with Iowa and Indiana and Michigan and you know a, a bunch of really good teams. Maryland uh, was in the Elite Eight, and and so uh, that those freshmen going through that grind of a league learned that oh man, this isn't just going to be a Fab Four, and we're going to come in and. Dom- dominate. So um so that group has stayed intact. They they're back. Um she got a high school player who was signed with her to go to West Virginia. Uh remember her home state, um Plitzoite's home state is Wisconsin. This this was the player of the year in Wisconsin. She was committed to go to West Virginia. She has now since uh, uh gotten out of that commitment. She will be here. Um she was the player of the year in Wisconsin. She'll be here I don't know if in the summer or in the fall. Um, she's gotten a couple of transfers in. She did lose one of Lindsay's previous recruits um, that I think they thought was going to be pretty good. Uh, she chose to go elsewhere. Um, and then Lindsay remember, got the North Carolina State transfer, Sophie Hart, who was from Farmington, Minnesota, and left the state to go play at NC State. Um, she kind of got caught in, in a depth chart issue there. She's six four, very good athlete. Um, in fact, her parents, her dad's the track coach at Farmington. Her mom played college basketball um and and uh, not not to make it about me which i normally do uh, her parents so <laughs> so sophie, sophie hart's parents and i were classmates in high school oh. uh, the three of us all went to the same high school together so it's been kind of fun to follow her and i'm, I'm thrilled that she's now a gopher. Sure. Um, but yeah she um uh, so she's going to be a factor i think 6 foot 4 can move good athlete um, and we 'll see them uh where it goes uh, obviously uh the the to me the main issue just observing from afar a little bit for the gopher women last year was with all those freshmen the turnovers were just ridiculous, right, just, yeah crazy amounts of turnovers. I, I don't remember what the final stat was, but there were multiple games. They had over twenty turnovers and it's yeah. really hard to uh to do that. And so within the podcast, uh Plitzo White talks about all of these drills they do to try to uh, limit turnovers. Um and and she says that um wherever she's been her teams have not turned the ball over a lot. So um that certainly will be the whole the the one, just freshmen going to sophomores just learning more. They're gonna get better and taking care of the ball. But two um, just in terms of practice habits and um, where you should be on the floor and how you receive a pass. She went into a lot of detail there, which I thought was pretty interesting.
0: I, I was happy. You know. You referenced the player of the year in Wisconsin that uh, she brought over. Uh, AJ, I think they're her. Is that who you're talking about? Ayanna Johnson? Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled to see the Wisconsin player of the year coming to Minnesota because too <laughs> frequently it's kind of been the other way. So maybe that yeah. turns that trend around.
1: Yeah, exactly, and and there, there's actually two Wisconsin natives who who she has gotten to play, um, and I and I don't have it in front of me. I'm trying to think. Actually, I think I, I Anna Johnson is not who I was referencing. Oh. She is also a transfer player, but I think there's a player of the year scored like 2,500 points or something, Um, uh, and she's also a big, and she was also committed to West Virginia, and so I think that that uh, is a nice little influx of of talent there.
0: Yeah, you bet. Uh, Let's talk spring sports a little bit now. Uh, First, the announcement that John Anderson, who's been the head coach uh, of the Gopher baseball program, going all the way back to... He, I got a phone call from Coach Anderson my senior year of high school uh, to see if that I would come and walk on for the team there. Of course, that was spurred by my dad's political connections. But nonetheless, I did get a call from Coach Anderson. So we know he's been there for a long time, uh, what, 43 years, I think it is.
1: Yeah, he's in his 42nd. Next year will be his 43rd. And, and, um, I think they, they had had discussions and, and, you know, it's, it's such a, uh, what have you done for me lately world? Uh, I, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it has been five years ago now that this team in 2018 was in the super regional. Trying to play for a trip to the college baseball world series. I remember flying out with the team to, to Oregon state. Uh, they were the ranked number one and Minnesota beat UCLA, um, on, uh, at Minnesota. They were, they won the Big Ten title. They won the Big Ten tournament. They, uh, were able to host the first round series and they beat UCLA. And I forget who else was in that Cal Fullerton. Maybe I can't remember now, um, to get to the super regional. That was just 2018, right? And they really lost a bunch of talent off of that team, and they just never really recovered. And I think they're still um, adjusting to the new world of, of Southern teams coming in and wanting to get the Minnesota high school players, which they just hadn't done. And I think it's a recent phenomenon. Um, these club teams, particularly around the Twin Cities, that now have just um, really gotten into traveling all summer going to different places around the country If it has exposed these top players to high-end programs and it's hard to blame the kid who um, might have major league potential or pro potential anyway um, of saying hey you come play for you know Missouri or Kentucky or Georgia or Texas A&M or TCU or these are just all some of the places that some of these kids have gone you can play year-round all that stuff so Um, I think they've been trying to figure out ways to to, um, stockpile talent um, in in other ways and also still work on, as they always say, keep kids at home. Uh, And so, you know, the 13 and I I think 30 or something like that this year, not great. You know, John Anderson has not been through this. He's the winningest coach in the history of the Big Ten. No Big Ten baseball coach has won more games, has won more titles, Um, all that stuff. Um, You know, he's had so much success, including, as we mentioned, as recently as 2018. So there's some thought. Look, he's 68. Do you think he wants to go through another thing like this? Is there some thought even on the other side that, you know, on the administrative side that they're like, hey, we we may need to move on from John Anderson, as weird and strange as that would sound. So I'm sure there was, you know, thinking on all of that. And I think what they've decided is he's going to come back for next year. And there's part of this is they have a really young team, a whole bunch of freshmen and sophomores, and they have played pretty good baseball. They played a real tough non-conference schedule as Anderson always does, and um, didn't fare well. And they got smoked, and they lost a lot of games. Well, once they got into the Big Ten, they started playing better. Um, their Friday starter has been really good, and is, is um, for, for Big Ten fans. Um, the Friday, you know, they play three-game series, and Friday is always uh, your ace against our ace, right? Mm-hmm. The ace of whoever you're playing against your ace. And Minnesota has won five of the last seven Fridays. So they, they feel good about one. They've beaten the other team's ace and they have a pretty good ace themselves. And that includes a win over number 18, Maryland last Friday on the road that Maryland's by far the best team in the Big Ten. And they've got uh, a guy who maybe could be freshman of the year in the Big Ten at first base. He's also done some catching. And so I think they're, they're thinking, look, they, they have won uh, enough games to show that they're capable. Um, they're young, and let's give John Anderson another year to see this young group through to see what happens next year. And look at sixty-eight. I mean, heck, I mean, if, if they can get it turned around, yeah. I mean, guys are coaching to seventy-two, seventy-five. I mean, you know, they, they, I don't think it would be out of the question if if it shows some turn next year. Um, I do think that if they struggle again next year. Then then all bets are off. Um, probably for both sides. I think John might just say, "Hey, man, this yeah. is." You know, it, it might be time for somebody else, but I, I, I actually, the way that they have played the last eight weeks, I really feel like there, that there's something there. Like, like that, like the Big Ten next year is going to be um, surprise. They're going to say, "Oh, Minnesota," you know, that yeah, this is what how Minnesota played all those previous years, and they're back. And then they, they have some uh, talented recruits coming in. They've got to figure out rosters. It's always a challenge. They only get 12 and a half scholarships, and they got a roster of about thirty-five. Right, yeah. so you got to. Figure out uh, that it's one of the sports where um, one guy might get a quarter scholarship, one my guy might get his books paid for. One guy, it, it's rare that you would have a full ride scholarship in baseball. It really is, yeah. and so yeah. um, that that that's half the battle, and and that's probably part of trying to keep home kids uh, uh, in state as well. So it's a long answer, but I think it's it's you know it, it's worth all that info to be out there.
0: Yeah. Know? You uh, mentioned the 18 season where they made the Super Regional. They were 29 and 27 and 19, but haven't had a winning record since then. So hopefully Coach Anderson can uh, get that turned around. And the Gophers softball team continues to be one of the top programs uh, in the Big Ten, certainly. And the Big Ten is always very good in softball. And they're off to the regional out in Seattle in the NCAAs.
1: Yeah, they got out there yesterday. Today's kind of their media day and their practice day. And then they play McNeese State tomorrow. Uh, Minnesota within that four team regional is the second seed. Uh, Washington is ranked seventh in the country. They're the one seed and they get to host Minnesota. Then is the two seed McNeese, the three seed. McNeese actually has won more games than any of the other four. They have 44 wins. Um, but from a smaller school, they're not going to get the great seed. And then Northern Colorado. Um, is just a few games over 500 and, and so I, i'm not sure if they won their con they must have won their conference tournament to get an automatic bid i would i think that must be how it worked um, but those are the four teams out there and um, the winner uh, you know it's a double elimination three day deal and the winner uh, then would move into the super regionals and you're right this is 10 straight years now of the ncaA tournament birth for this gopher program um, now that doesn't count the COVID year when nobody made it so you kind of toss that out but when they've had the tournament this is 10 straight and that's saying something i'll tell you when i first got to town in 2006 this program was at the bottom yeah of the big 10 and um and they hired jessica allister just a kind of a uh I don't want to say a no no name but really nobody when she got hired people were like oh wow who's this she was an assistant coach at stanford and she got him turned around um and then they've uh, you know gone through a couple of different uh, coaches in between and um, and here we are with uh with Piper Ritter who's been through it all. She was a pitcher here, she was here with Jessica Allister as the pitching coach and um was on the 2019 World Series uh college world series team as the pitching coach for that team, got elevated and um and and uh, this is this is her best year in um in terms of uh, uh of record as a coach as a head coach, 37 and 17 right now.
0: Yeah. So off to the regionals uh, this weekend. Uh I, I would be remiss if I didn't give you a chance to talk about Sonny Gray being pulled after four innings yesterday. <laughs> uh, just, and he was struggling, but still. Up, I you? did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to poke the me. bear. <laughs> um,
1: I, I didn't get a chance to watch much of that game. I had some stuff going on. Um, sure. So um, I was listening. And, um, and Corey Provis is so good and so talented. And he's one of, one of my favorites. Um, the, this, and Corey is usually pretty straight arrow you know yeah the displeasure in his voice in that you could hear it yep. oh my god it was <laughs> it was awesome um i was in the car driving and i was slamming the da- the dashboard as well um and i think if you listen closely you could hear a thump and my hunch is i don't know this for sure my hunch is that was dan gladden either punching the wall or the counter uh, as that grand slam went over the uh over the fence so yeah. um yeah, that was it was a tough one um I know their bullpen was had been depleted because of the twelve inning game two nights before, but boy, it seems like there was a chance to to um, in that high leverage situation, and it it it, it, it happened fast. I mean, yeah. De Leon got the first two guys out on like six pitches, and then uh, two kind of scrappy singles, and they take him out. And um, next thing you know, <laughs> it's uh, Pagán. Actually, yeah, Pagán who has had uh, a, a pretty decent year outside of that terrible outing in Boston. Um he had not given up a home run until the Grand Slam yesterday. Um but still, ooh, man, that's a that's a tough way. You walk two and then give up a homer and yeah. um and and you know, he's gotta feel awful because he just hasn't been very good since he since he got over here from that trade with the Padres. And um in terms of Gray, I think he was what, at eighty four pitches, he had yeah. walked a bunch of guys. He clearly didn't have it. That said, if you know the bullpen is stretched yeah. I think you do try to run him out there for a fifth and 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 get through there because if I sitting, the bullpen has to go. Yep. Um, I did read today that part of the reasoning apparently was because he was kind of uh, not having uh, great the great control that he normally does. Um, that and, and look, he has had the, him himself some history of some arm woes. Now going back away, he's been pretty good in recent yeah. years. Um, that when you when you have a chance to to lessen his load, do it and. And maybe yesterday was a chance. Although I, I, I think I'd have, I'd have run him out there. I wasn't, I, I wasn't as, uh, uh, I, I didn't think that was as egregious as, as, well, certainly as when he got yanked last year all the time, which yeah. was just a joke. Um, yesterday was a little different situation. But I, I would have, I would have, yes, uh, in all my great managerial uh, duties, uh, I would have, uh, <laughs> I would have uh, sent him back out there for the fifth inning to try to get another inning out of the starting staff.
0: Yeah, and then. I was doing the same. I was driving home from North Dakota listening to the game. And as soon as they said Emilio Pagan was coming in, though, you know, I I realize he hasn't been quite as bad this year as he has been in previous years. And he was bad with the Twins. But he was bad for the Padres for two years prior to that, too. I mean, you look at his numbers. He hasn't had an ERA under four and a half in years. So I still don't know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, it's really weird too cuz they they say that the analytics look good for him and I and my answer to that is always well it it, it depends on what analytics you look at yeah. because by most basic analytics standards he's literally been one of the worst relief pitchers in baseball for yeah. three years. Yeah. Um, that said, what they're looking at and why they like him is the analytics of spin rate and spin rate has been this big new thing the higher the spin rate the faster the ball comes in and the harder apparently it's to hit. Um, But it seems to me that his spin rate does get the ball up there fast, but there's not a lot of movement and big leaguers are going to find that. And I also would say this, I will say part of why I think he had been doing better this year and not giving up a lot of runs is that they've not put him in high leverage situations. That's right. If it's a blowout, you know, he goes in when it's a blowout. No one, no one wants to play in a blowout, uh, you know, in terms of let's just get the game done. And so um, I think, when you're not in a high leverage situation, they had Lopez available. Yep, um, he's been pretty good. Um, and now he did uh, give up the uh, the winning. You know, he walked in the winning run on the uh, Tuesday night game, but yeah. still, I, I I think that's probably if you're going to make the change, that's probably a spot for Lopez. But yeah. um, I I don't you know, and I know the again the bullpen was depleted. Uh, it had been used a lot the previous two days, but, man, that's a tough spot to put uh, Pagan in. Yeah, it as, sure is. As uh, as a local radio host here says, uh, his uh, he likes to uh, uh, call Emilio, uh, Emilio going, going, Pagan.
0: <laughs> Very good. Grimmer, thanks so much. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. All right, Mike, it. Mike Grimm joining us here on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender.